Hello, everyone. Today, I have a really, really special guest with me. And I say really, really special because I think, Brian, you've broken the record of um, a guest who has been on this podcast wow. the most amount of times. I'm honored. Yeah, I I'm think honored. this is your third this is your third time I think coming that's right. on. Yeah. Yeah. We've got the Brian Reeves today, the original, the greatest, the original man who I've connected. Oh my God. I think it was like in 2014. I remember I talked to you on my first podcast. Like, like yeah. Was it like almost 10 years holy ago or something? Holy is that right? Oh my God. That's something like that. Yeah. Oh Cause I remember goodness. I wow. talked to you. And, you know, this was before you were with Sylvie, yes. your current partner, right? Yes. So how long you've been together? We've been together for eight years. Yeah. So, so. I talked to you before you were with her. Holy so moly. it was like... Another life. A different life. Wow. <laughs> yeah. A different that's universe. That's, that's really interesting. I mean, what are the, so many changes, so many evolutions. I know for you as well. So that's exciting. Yeah. Well, since then, obviously, you know, I started doing this work even before I met my partner. So we... It was really interesting. We connected, me, you and I were connected at this spot where, well, I don't know about you. I, I, I mean, obviously you were already working with men and all of that. I just, I, I wasn't yet. Um, I was just exploring this whole subject of, you know, femininity, masculinity, relationships, polarity, like all of that. Yeah. So I was just curious, you know, in interviewing you and then look at us. Now I'm married. I have two kids, you know, I've got a whole business around oh that. Goodness. You're with your partner. Um, I, I will say I, I still haven't, we haven't gotten to make love on that train in Portugal yet. I don't know if you remember that. That was a question yeah. you asked me years Bucket ago. Bucket list. <laughs> Bucket yes, list. Yes, yes. Every time yes. I think of Portugal, <laughs> so we've made love in a lot of places, Sylvia and I, but never, not on a train, not the, so it's still on the bucket list. That and seeing the Northern Lights. That's it. Yes, yes, because I remember I was interviewing men and I was asking, what's on your bucket list and all of that. So, wow. So, welcome, Brian. Thank so, you. ladies, this is Brian Reeves. Um, you know, the, the, the original, at least my original, you know, there's so much I've learned from you, Brian, over the years. And I really wanted to thank you for contributing to my knowledge and understanding of men and for all the work that you are doing, you have been doing, you're currently doing yeah. with men. I know you're still working yeah. with men, you know, after so many years. So... Do you want to just quickly introduce yourself and then we're going to get into the juicy subject that I know all of my women are waiting to hear yeah, about? Yeah, sure, sure. Well, <clears throat> gosh, um, I mean, I'm 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 now pushing 50, Anna, believe it or not. Wow. I mean, I guess we would have met when I was- You've got a whole beard and, got the, you know- I got the grays. The, the gray the hair. Silvers are coming in big time. Yes. And <laughs> I I don't I don't know that that's that important except to say that, you know, I've- I, 30 years ago, I, I went into the military and it really, it, it was a, an incredibly painful and disconnecting experience. And, and, um, uh, you know, I got out in my mid twenties and, and just was a disaster with it, with intimate relationship with women. I just had no idea how to do intimate relationship well. And, and I really wanted to do intimate relationship well. I really thought that I should just be natural at it. Two moms and three sisters and like, you know, I should know what a woman wants <laughs> from a man. And I was clueless. I had no clue. And so I just, you know, disaster after disaster. And anyway, in my late 30s, I started studying intimacy and intimate relationship and what's really going on there. And 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 now, you know, I, I've worked with 
couples. I've worked with women a lot, but I the last probably three, four, four years, I've really just focused on serving men predominantly. I still will work with some couples from time to time and some some, some smaller ways, but I'm really focused on helping men, particularly in the domain of intimate relationship. Um, so, you know, if ladies, if you're listening and you're connected to a man who might be struggling in intimacy, hopefully maybe he knows it, particularly that's a little easier to talk to the guy that knows he's struggling. Uh, you know, I'm definitely someone that he would be well served uh, to to check out my stuff. Yeah, amazing. Okay, uh, so Brian, let's talk about the big subject. Um, the biggest complaint that I hear, not from my women who work with me because they've transcended that, but from all the women on Instagram and in the media and like all of that stuff is that where are all the good men and men are not doing the work and basically men are weak and we're all fucking doomed. Yeah. You know, I work with, this is coming specifically also from women who I work with or the typical woman I work with who is very successful. Yep. You know, she is at the top of her game. She's independent. She's made all the money. She's bought the table. Like she's bought the house, you know, yep. like the whole shebang. So their biggest complaint is that men are weak. They're not doing the work. They're responsible. And basically almost like that, to, to, I think to the point of, complete desperation and the point of giving up are completely on love and men and relationships and obviously that's what I'm working with them towards they're completely afraid because I know this is total BS but I wanted to get you here on the podcast yeah. because I think that women are just are thirsty and starving to hear from men and who can tell them that this is not true yeah like totally not true yeah so let let's get into that because uh, I know you said you know your your biggest obviously your passion now and what you're doing is serving men and there's so many layers that we can dig in and we don't have enough time <laughs> maybe we can do like a series or something mm -hmm. but let's talk about the the most mm -hmm. important thing mm -hmm. what do you say mm -hmm. when you hear a woman say you know men are do not doing the work yeah. men are weak are responsible they gotta wake up all of oh. that how would you even start this conversation where would you begin. Yep, yep, yep. I hear it all the time, indeed, as well. <clears throat> and I, there's a few things that, that I'll that I'll say. First off, what I what I'm fairly confident most women are just looking for one guy. They just they're just looking for one. <laughs> yes, they're not. They don't. They don't need the entire world of 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 man to be doing the work. To be, I mean, look. Yes, we do. We all need that. <laughs> but I mean, when it comes to being in an intimate relationship, you're just looking for one guy. There are good men absolutely everywhere. Now, some places there may be higher concentrations of what, and we'll talk about what I mean by, by good men in a moment. But well, here's the other thing that I will say about that is that there is an epidemic of, how would we say, prolonged, perhaps perpetual adolescence in men. You know, I, I find typically that men don't start hitting the limitations of their adolescent ways of thinking and being in our modern world until their late 30s at the earliest. And for many men, it's in their 40s. Some men never really start hit, hit the limitations, or at least when they do hit the limitations of their adolescent ways of being. And we can talk about what I mean by that as well. But some men never, never do the work of, of becoming true adults. 
but in our modern world, most men, it, it only begins in their late 30s when they start to realize, holy shit, I can't keep showing up the way that I've been showing up and expect life to, to, to keep working the way I want it to work. You know, for relationships, I can't just keep trading in one woman for another. I can't keep blaming her for all our problems. I can't keep avoiding conflict, uh, avoiding responsibility for my impact on the dynamic. Like, again, for a lot of men that if they're lucky, they begin to wake up to that in their late 30s. So I, I, I think it's important to acknowledge that, that that's, that's real. That's not an imagined thing that, that women are, are, I think, are just making up in their minds. I really get it. I mean, I'm a man. I work with men. One of the greatest challenges that I have in working with men Anna, is that men don't trust other men. Like it's, common, it's a common idea that women don't trust men. But what, well, women don't trust women, too. Well, it's, when it comes to men, what same that we never talk about, and maybe it's the same in, in women's work, mm -hmm. men don't trust other men. And why don't we trust other men? Because we've never felt safe with other men. Because, again, per, we're surrounded by men who are perpetually stuck in adolescence. So, again, I think that that's important to acknowledge. Right? Women aren't imagining this. Now, that said, in my experience, having worked with men you know, all over the world, and I genuinely believe that inside the heart of damn near every man is, is a so-called good man that really wants to succeed at showing up for relationships, showing up for love, showing up for his children, his intimate partner, his community. Like, like deep, deep in the heart of every man lives that blueprint. And, you know, when I said that, I think a lot of men don't start coming into, you know, hitting the limits of their adolescence until their late 30s. Oftentimes it's relationship with women that causes men to realize, holy shit, yeah, I can't keep doing things the way I've been doing it. Now, they may keep trying for another 10, 15, 20 years. So anyway, again, there's a lot more I can say about that, but let me just stop there. Yeah. Thanks so much for sharing that. Um, and I I really appreciate that you're recognizing that women are not imagining this. And maybe in my, you know, as I was listening to it, I'm like, all right, maybe I should also be a little bit more, uh, how, how to say, I guess, validating women's concerns that I don't like make them feel like they're crazy. Although I'm, you know, I'm someone, I'm a huge believer in like you create your own reality, mm -hmm. right? So if you constant, if your belief system deep down inside, and obviously you don't see the world of men as good because yeah. of all the layers that you had to go through as a woman and your experiences and so on and so forth, um, you constant, you wired to constantly be on that, you know, a flight or freeze, and you're constantly looking for evidence where men are yet again are right. going to disappoint you. So yeah. that's kind of the approach that that I take. It's like you know. It's your own, it's take radical responsibility for it because you can change. I've changed this way. So when I look at men around me, I don't see adolescent men, you know, because I've done my work and all of that. However, I really appreciate you saying that because it's also helping me like find that common ground with that woman who believes that there's no good men and saying, look, yes, there is an epidemic. However, and I agree with 
you totally, you know, when I've done this work, I started to look at men as humans. And that's what I, with their own fears and, you know, with their own stories and baggages and all that, which most women just completely have no idea. And when I work with women and go through this process, they almost like start to open their eyes and to look at the guy across from her and she goes on a date, not as this guy who's like ego-based, just wants to make cash, wants to get into my pants and fuck off, but actually looks at a guy of like, okay, here's a human, right, with a story. And there's always a reason why this guy even goes to, you know, or doesn't know how to communicate. Or as you say, there's a whole story. So what where I want to go from here, Brian, is I actually want to talk to you about the reasons why there is this, when you say epidemic of prolonged adolescence in men, it's also really interesting. You know what I thought about when you talked about it is um, developmentally speaking, we, uh, uh, girls mature earlier than men. Mm-hmm. So I'm wondering mm-hmm. what are the main reasons that you see or know of that, that men have such a you know, prolonged adolescence period. And then is that in any way related to women? I mean, girls uh, maturing faster than men. Like, do we see the same trajectory or is it like completely unrelated? I'm not sure. That's a, wow, a huge question and, and a really great question. And I, I certainly um, share some thoughts and, and ideas about that. Because I want to, I want to comment also, Anna, on on what you just shared about like mindset, the importance of mindset. Because I agree with you a thousand percent. In a sense, we we do. What's that old saying? We don't. No, we don't see the world. No, we don't describe the world we see. We see the world we describe. So I I, I agree a hundred percent in the sense that a a woman who is captured by cynicism is likely to just be waiting for a man to disappoint her and. Newsflash, every single fucking man is going to disappoint you at some point. Every one of us. I disappoint my wife pretty sure on a daily basis. <laughs> In some way. Like, for, like I, I'm saying yeah, that. I, yeah, my husband yeah. is same. I, I just told him yesterday. I'm like, oh, shit, you can't do anything right today. Oh, and he God. just looks at me and laughs. Yeah. And I'm like, yeah. Well, that's, yeah. You know, laughter is a, is a great medicine for, for relational <laughs> practice from being. Uh, in success. So, um, so it, it doesn't serve to buy into the story that there are no good men anywhere. Uh, that's a thousand percent true. I, I, what I think is more interesting, a more useful question is not like, where are all the good men? But it's, it's how do I discern when I'm with a man who's really ready for a relationship? How do yes. I discern when I'm with a man who's really ready for a relationship? When, when I'm with a man that I like, who's really ready for relationship. I think that's a far more useful and interesting and meaningful, helpful question to, to live inside of versus, you know, where do I find good men? Again, yeah, that just is, that's just as a setup for, for disappointment and cynicism and, and ongoing frustration rather than... So how do we answer that, Brian? What's well, your take on that? And I, I want to talk a little bit about the second question you just asked. I think we'll, we'll find our way into, into this because I, I do think that boys, on balance, we are taught that we don't need to take responsibility for our, for the for, certainly not for the way we impact women. I think that that shows up in all kinds of ways, uh, just even from how we're taught not to cry as kids. No, I know these things are shifting largely. I think I think a lot more parents these days are are 
kind of cooking in emotional intelligence into their children more and more. But, you know, men of their 30s and 40s and 50s, or I'm sure a lot of your listeners are, are looking for men in their 30s, 40s and 50s. Uh, you know, these men grew up in an era where we were literally taught it's bad to be a girl. It's, it's being a girl. And by being a girl, I just mean having feelings, crying, prioritizing how we feel about something versus the outcome we're striving for, right? That, that all of that is somehow bad. And so we get into relationship and that's our, like, that's the water we swim in. And we learned that from a young age. And, and one of the things that a, a woman taught me a long time ago, an old friend of mine, we were talking about things women learned growing up. She said, my mom taught me two things about men. Number one, don't depend on a man, right? Don't depend on a man, which, which what's inherent in that, but be responsible for yourself. That's grown-upness right there. Be responsible. That's grown-ups are responsible. But the other thing she said she was taught is don't inconvenience a man, hmm. right? Don't inconvenience a man. Now, men, we weren't taught the second thing. Don't inconvenience a woman. We weren't taught that at all. In fact, you know, we might've been taught be responsible for yourself. You know, be your own man. Grow, put your big boy pants on. Don't cry. Do what you got to do to get the job done, etc. We were taught, you know, don't depend on anyone. That we were taught. What we weren't taught is don't inconvenience a woman. If anything, we were taught take everything you can get from her and give as little as you can to, you know, get away with whatever it is you're you're trying to extract. Again, not in that exact language. But certainly, I mean, from, I remember the phrase in high school, I learned the phrase pussy whipped. You ever heard that phrase? Yeah. Don't be pussy whipped. You know, don't let her get one over on you. That was part of our lexicon. It was part of our programming as young men. And so we, so when I, so let's come back full circle now to that question, how to know if when you're with a man who is truly ready to be relational. You know, I've been using that term a lot in my work lately, being relational, because a lot of us men were not taught how to be relational. And I think women, there's a, I don't know, the female chemistry, the biology, women are biologically, I think, gifted in a sense to be more emotionally attuned and connecting and concerned and interested and, and whereas, whereas men, I, I, we, 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 we aren't, we weren't. So that shows up in our relationships. And so men really have to learn how to be relational and they have to be willing to learn how to be relational. And I think this, when, when women say there are no good men, what I really hear in that is I, I can't find a man who's willing to be relational with me. Mm -hmm. yeah. And so how do you discern, like <clears throat> say you start to date a guy and, you know, things progress or whatever, you know, right? Like you're dating a guy. How do you discern when a man is ready for a relationship? One of the, there's, well, there's two, two things you can do pretty quick. One is communicate what's, what's true for you. Say what you want. You know, if you're clear, you want a commitment, say that on the first date, say that before you even go on a date. Not, not saying I want a commitment with you, man, but just. I'm clear in what I want. What I want is a long-term relationship. That's what I'm here for, or or whatever it is. I mean, be clear in, in in your own vision and sharing that. That's one possibility. Another 
is set boundaries early. And, and what I mean by that is, I'll give you an example. A friend of mine, a woman, was just talking to a guy on a dating from a dating app. And they had arranged a date for a Sunday night. And I think maybe a few hours before the date, he just sent her a text basically saying, sorry, work is overloading me. I've got to reschedule. Just kind of like that. Notice there's nothing relational about that text. That's just a man saying, hey, here's how things are. You know, you know, a, a sloppy sorry. It's not, you know, sorry and hashtag sorry, not sorry. <laughs> here's how things are. You know, get back to you when I, when I can't. Then when it came time to, I think they reconnected maybe, you know, the, the next day or the day after. And, and he's, he's like, okay, so I'd like to, you know, I wanted to take her out again. And she, she had a choice in that moment. She could just, yeah, no big deal. We don't know each other, you know, rationalize it away. Well, let me, let me pause there. I mean, Anna, if that, if that happened for you, I'm ge- genuinely curious. Like, how, how, would you, how would you feel? Hey, girlfriend. Before we continue with this episode, I wanted to jump in real quick and share an important message for you. There's a lot of advice out there about dating and relationships. Books, experts, and gurus, and even your granny has a surefire way to succeed in love. And most of it is complete BS. Well, maybe not so much granny's advice. As you may or may not know, I run a transformational 10-week group coaching program called Claim, just like the podcast, that has helped hundreds of women around the world completely change their dating reality with men, where they go from being frustrated and burnt out to actually enjoying dating and starting to attract some amazing men, men who stand strong in their masculinity, who are confident, who court and pursue you and plan and organize and pay for dates, but who are also emotionally available and are ready and willing willing and again available for a relationship with you and I've developed this program with one thing in mind that you already have everything you need to attract the man in the relationship of your dreams you don't need to change who you are you are not broken you just need to make a few key shifts and they all start from the inside if you're ready to feel that kind of excitement ease and joy in dating and relationships that so many of my clients have experienced and me myself as you know I have attracted my masculine men and now have a family with him I have an invitation for you Work with me and my team to get on the fast track so you can start seeing big changes in your life ASAP. Go to claim.com slash apply to sign up for your free, no-catch discovery call or short interview with a member of my team. This will be your chance to experience our approach firsthand and to ask any personal questions you might have about the program and whether this is a good fit for you. It's also going to be our chance to see if we would be a good fit for you because we're not in this and I'm not in this for a quick buck and we don't work just with anyone. We're committed to your success and we want to make sure we can help you to achieve it. The good news is that dating and relationships doesn't have to be this hard. So if you don't want to wait around any longer wondering where are all the good men, if you need an urgent change and are open to receiving personalized help and guidance and want to invest in yourself, then apply for this no catch. There's nothing that you need to give us. It's just a free discovery call for you so you can see whether this is a good fit for you and so they can work on this together. So go to claimed.com slash apply. This will take you to a calendar where you can book your call, answer some short questions, and then we shall see you on the other side. All right, now back to the episode. If that, if that happened for you, I'm ge- genuinely curious. Like, how, how, would you, how would you feel in that interview? I get this question all the time from, from the women that I'm working with. And um, look, I mean... I, th- I think it's really interesting your approach and and how you 
working with men and how you're you're advising to and and like I'm curious what yeah. would you say to that friend my my hunch is mm-hmm. that you would actually tell her to communicate how she felt right. when he did that you know he had to cancel I mean someone come to me and say he said you know he invited me on a date on Sunday and then I didn't hear from him at all until like I don't know two hours before and I had to get like whatever right so what you're describing, I think like it's, I mean, obviously he let her know that he's canceling he and he said, sorry, yeah. could we communicate this better for sure? What? But it's like a, just a masculine, you know, message. So what I would say to my women, I would say, you know, the first time a man does something like this, um, which is, you know, I always give a man the benefit of the doubt and I'd say... I feel, yeah, it's disappointing. Mm-hmm. I feel disappointed, really? right? But sure, I understand. Let's reschedule. Mm-hmm. And then we reschedule. Now, if that continues to happen or if a man, you know, because one-time scenario or like if a guy doesn't, mm-hmm. you know, because women say, oh, he didn't text me for two days or three right, days. Right. Like who knows what yeah. might be happening, yeah, yeah, right? Yeah. So not getting into your head about this yeah. and letting oh. go. But if it happens the second time or the third time, or like if it's a pattern, then you have to communicate your boundaries Maybe. and how you feel. Maybe. Hey, and I teach a whole shit sandwich. Hey, John, you know, I'm really looking forward. To, you know, you're a great guy, whatever. However, when you're canceling and this is a pattern, it doesn't feel good in my body. Maybe. I, You know, um, and then just setting up some consequences, let's say. Yeah. So that that's what I'd say. So the first time, if it happens for the first Maybe. time, I tend to give a lot of leeway Maybe. um, to, I mean, obviously it's great, good to, to communicate your feelings about it. Yeah, and not be like, oh, yeah, sure, you know, whatever. Right, um, yeah. yeah, and obviously I teach women a practice that they mm-hmm. can actually sit with that disappointment. Because, yeah, it's really interesting. I'd be interested to talk to you about, like, you know, there's all kinds of situations, and I know that women tend to over-communicate their feelings sometimes when, you know, dramatize and make a whole big deal out of it and whatever. So I first and foremost teach them to take that into their own bodies and to feel what they're feeling yeah, really? instead of, reacting like simply just reacting yeah. based on what's happening in the moment you know what i mean so that that that's yeah. how i would answer that well, well, what about you well um a lot of overlap here for sure because simply just reacting probably that reaction is not going to be very skillful mm-hmm. and I, i'm a strong stand for skillful communication for communication that's actually helpful that's that's you know putting demands on each other that's a non-starter even in long-term relationship i don't like it when my wife puts tries to put a demand on me in any domain i don't even know anything don't as the the masculine value don't tell me what to do it can get triggered (laughs) we're eight years together and i still don't i don't want demands from her never feels good right and frankly she doesn't want that from me either so first it's important also to acknowledge there's no wrong answer you know, we can learn from everything, from every scenario, right? We can, I think dating and relationships is really all about experimenting, experimentation, yes, right? And, and, and finding our way and it's, it's always a dance. But let's, let's come back to this example. So what my friend did was uh, express to him, similar to what you just said, that she was disappointed. You know, she didn't, didn't uh, castigate him or, or, or uh, you know, get upset or blame me or anything like that. Just you know, I was really disappointed that you canceled kind of last minute. That, that was I was really looking forward to it. I just want you to know that that was that that hurt. I, even they hadn't met, right? And see, his response is interesting. And, and remember, we're we're exploring 
discerning when a man is relationally ready or not. And his response was, I feel like you're putting pressure on me. Hmm. Okay. Interesting. Interesting. <laughs> <laughs> I feel like you're putting pressure on me. For what? For having feelings? For having <laughs> having having a, having an uncomfortable feeling about something that you did that has hurt me, even though we've never met. Now, again, and I don't have a crystal ball. I don't, you know, I can't make any any decisive conclusions about the scenario or this guy's. Look, my wife thought I was a flake for the two months we were in conversation before we actually met in person. Because I would disappear. I mean, we were we were just chatting on Facebook, and then we had a phone call while I was literally driving through the desert of Nevada, and I called her, and I kept dropping signal because I didn't I didn't have signal in the desert. I would only get it intermittently. And after like three times, we talked maybe twenty minutes. After three times getting dropped, I just my signal disappeared, and I I slept in the desert that night. I didn't have a signal, and I just never called her back. She thought I was the biggest flake. <laughs> There's probably a. Well, I had the same experience with my with husband. husband. I mean, our first yeah. sex was terrible. Whoa. I was like, this guy has got no game. Right. Like, what the hell is going on? Like, he was working with me yeah. in the same co working yeah. spaces in Colombia where we yeah. met yeah. and like never approached, like, totally. I- I'm like, all right, I'm done with this guy. Like, this is not, yeah. You know. But because I gave him a lot of chances and because I was focusing on myself, I'm all- I was also focusing on other men, right? Like, he's- he wasn't the one different opportunities and different situations right. presenting th- themselves where this man really stood out yeah stood out stood yeah. up stepped yeah. up yeah and i was like whoa yeah this guy is different you yeah. know so he caught my attention in the right yeah. moment in yeah. time yeah so yeah i mean relationships and dating is just so nuanced right that's why i hate all of these like texting guides and freaking re- 10 red flags and you know, it is so individual and so nuanced that you really got to work with every situation to see what feels good for you. Because I always say a red flag for one woman can be a green flag for another. I mean, obviously, there's common red flag, like don't send a dick pic after before you've even met. Right. Like, obviously, don't. Yeah. But there's all these things that we need to talk about. Yeah. Um, okay. So back to you. The guy says, don't put, pr- I feel pressured. I feel pressured. Yeah. Right. And again, <laughs> yeah. again, I ain't got no crystal ball. I don't know. This wasn't, this was only even maybe a few weeks ago. So who knows? I mean, maybe these two will still end up together. I don't know. Um, but that's, that's a, at, at best a yellow flag that tells me immediately this guy is probably going to struggle to be relational. Right. I mean, and again, I'm not criticizing this man. I mean, I struggled to be relational. Hell, I still sometimes struggle to be relational <laughs> with with my wife. I mean, it's not that that goes away, but you know, relational just means willing to lean into the the, the whatever arises in the relationship. It's like the the willingness to just tussle, right? I I once heard uh, a wise old man gave this gave gave advice to a friend of mine at his wedding. He said, "You know, marriage is a power struggle." And your marriage is over the day one of you wins. <laughs> right? Marriage is a power struggle. The marriage is over the day one of you wins the power struggle. I thought that was actually really wise advice because a, a man who is not relational is a man who will just take power. 
assume power. It is mine. I have the power here. What I say goes and any, any way that you might try to influence me or give me any feedback about my behavior, my impact, how I'm showing up, uh, at least how my behavior impacts you, like any kind of not criticism, but feedback that you may give me, I'm not open to. Don't want to hear it. That's your fault. That's your problem. You know, feelings aren't facts. You know, all that, all the things that, 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 that men and some women for that matter do to dismiss, <laughs> to not be relational. That's taking power. Now, other men completely surrender their power, just give it all away, have no backbone, have no opinion. You know, we'll just say whatever you want them to hear. Until even you might find out later that actually what he said isn't true for him, but he just, he has no backbone. He couldn't be honest about what was true for him. And so he, you know, he acquiesces. That's not sexy. That's not also, that's also ironically not relational, right? So, I mean, these are the things that I'm talking about when I'm pointing at being relational. Like is a man just willing to be in an uncomfortable conversation with me? I'm a fan of getting into uncomfortable conversations as soon as possible. About feelings. Not, not by being demanding or, you know, the, the, there, there, there's ways to do that skillfully and there's ways to do that. There's lots of ways to do that unskillfully. It's so interesting. I just want to uh, comment on that. I just recently went to a Tony Robbins event Brilliant. and um, it was amazing. Um, yeah, and, are. you know, out of the 6,000 people there, 3,000 of them were men. And it was so interesting. I don't know if you've done any of his events or whatever, but uh, there was this exercise, The Wheel of Life, which I'm sure you're familiar with. Oh, I haven't. Yeah, I've done, I did that at Tony Rao at a, at a Day with Destiny yes. years ago. Was, I, well, I, I I know the whole thing. I have my old story, but let's hear yours. Yeah. Yeah. So I'd be curious, actually, so it's a theory that I had in my mind, good. you know, The Wheel of Life. Very and um, I was actually really curious and interested to, to look at statistics in terms of what areas of life are, because, you know, you do the whole wheel of life and you measure, and there's like, what, seven areas of life, like finances, your health, your relationship, yeah. like love and connection, yeah. you know, all kinds of things, right? So seven areas of life. I was curious to see if there's any research or if research could be done in terms of men versus women, what areas of life do they do they measure that is the, the least, um, let's say, developed? So we talked about why men have such a prolonged adolescent um and it's so interesting brian that you look at adolescence in men their their maturity not in the sense how successful they are in their life or whatever mm -hmm. right That's like how much money they got assets but in how relational they are which is quite interesting to think about especially when it comes to men because i always talk about most women i think just sit in that camp of there's only two types of men. There's the unhealthy masculine guy who's very attractive. And this is actually the pattern that I, most common in women that I work with. They either attract the unhealthy, unhealthy masculine guy who's very attractive because he's got the bravado and the ego and he knows what he wants and he's going for it, right? He's successful, whatever, the alpha type of a guy. But he's, like, he's the one who goes to you who's emotionally unavailable, whatever. He's not relational. Or on the other side, they attract what you talked about, which I call more of a feminine type of a guy, yeah. a weak guy with no backbone, very who very much wants a relationship with her, but she's not attracted to him. Yes. So she always finds herself in between the two. And, you know, my work is all about, you know, changing their belief system and their whole body set mindset to such a track to break through that pattern and such a track committed masculine men. 
So I still want a masculine guy. I still want a guy who I'm feeling very attracted to, right? But I also want a guy, I call him a committed man who's emotionally available. You call him relational. So anyways, going back to that thing of the Tonya Robinson, the wheel of life, my theory is that men who today, I think that the next generation of men will grow up better in terms of relational. I have a bit of, I have some concerns about that. In ter- like when I think about the next generation of men, because I think there's still a balance, Brian. I think you would agree with me because we don't want to raise the next generation of men being all concentrated on feelings because that's like it. There's so many layers to this, right? Well, let me pull something else out here that might be helpful to make sense of this, you know, m- mature man, you know, man who's ready kind uh-huh. of thing, this adolescent yes. versus adulthood. We'll use one of the the masculine archetypes, the the hero archetype. You notice a lot of the men are still caught up in the hero complex, the hero archetype, meaning like they're the one that has to save the world, save the oceans, save their business. I don't know, you know, impact one billion people by last year, whatever. Like they're they're up to some big grandiose thing. Like even the the real alpha ambitious, successful, like I'm here to crush life. The hero is an adolescent archetype, actually. And it's an important one. I'm not dismissing it. I mean, we we need that part of our psyche in order to <laughs> become true adults. To to but but the thing is that again, when you notice a man is caught up in the heroic archetype, see the thing about the hero, Anna, the hero doesn't need anybody. In fact, the hero is only the hero Okay. If they're the one saving the day, if they're doing it in partnership with somebody, they're no longer the hero. So this is what I mean. I don't just mean that a, a mature man is re- relational as if that's the marker. What I'm, I'm really talking to deeper psychological structures that even the most successful of men can still be caught up in an adolescent psychological set point of, of, her- of heroism. Like I'm the one that has to save the planet. I mean, look at Elon Musk. Like he's the guy, how many people look to Elon Musk as the hero that will save us from everything, from climate change to AI, though he'll get us to Mars. Like so yes, many people. Yes, my husband, like the Bible, I'm, I'm like, string, the Bible has arrived. The book has been <laughs> unleashed and all the men, like, like it's a, like a zombie fest. All the men, like zombies are just marching to and buying the book. But yes, when you look, you look at his personal life, it's a fucking mess. So it's really interesting that you're bringing this up because all men today are looking to Elon as the god, you know, like well, many, I want to many, be Elon. Many, yeah, many, many. many. <laughs> I, I think yeah. I think men again that are again. I'm, I don't want to paint broad strokes here, but I, I, these are just again some more things to look at. A, a man who's just uh, what do what do a lot of men do where they come into relationship and then leave it? They come into relationship. A lot of men thinking I'm going to save you, woman. Like I'm your savior. I'm the I'm the white knight on on my horse, or the, how's it go? The knight in shining armor on the white horse, riding in to save you. I mean, this is again the alpha man, the bro, the the guy who's like you crushing it. He's like, I'm here to save you. I'm gonna rescue you from whatever life you thought you were gonna live. I'm gonna bring you into my world. Oftentimes, that guy when he starts actually getting in a real human relationship with that woman, he's like, Yo, peace. I'm out. I got a world to save out here. And you, woman, are in my way. I met a man on a on a on a on a, a whitewater rafting trip last year, who hedge fund 
uh, uh, manager, owner, manages hundreds of millions of dollars. And he's on a, a big mission to do to do some big saving in the world. And I guess I, I, I'm mindful I want to not give away too many details. But anyway, this man is, let's just say he's, he's, he's helping children in the world, big time. Lots of money, lots of... And he has a partner, a woman, who is not involved in his business or anything. And you know what she wants, Anna? She wants to help one child. She wants to have a child. Well, this man doesn't want to have a child because he's too busy saving hundreds of thousands of childs, at least in his own mind. Notice, it's so interesting to me, that's so fascinating to me that, that this man is, and by the way, his partner wasn't on this trip. You know, she wasn't with us. He wasn't bringing her. Not, my partner wasn't either. So I'm, I don't even know what that really means necessarily. <laughs> I don't know why I'm, <laughs> why I'm making a point of that. But what I, in my conversations with this man, I noticed again, he's so focused on his mission. And by the way, he loves Elon. Loves Elon. Like he literally, this is the guy that told me Elon is going to save us from climate change. Yeah. Okay. Look, great. I hope so. Because there's problems here. My sense is we have to do this as a collective. It ain't going to be Elon coming up with some idea to save the day. That's what the movies teach us. That one guy, you know, Ethan, Ethan, is it Ethan Hunt in Mission Impossible, Tom Cruise's character? Like he's the guy that saves the fucking day. And that's what men look up to, the, 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 the heroic archetype. It's, it's really interesting you bring up Elon because, um, you know, back to what I started talking about um about about the wheel of life yeah i was sitting there and obviously there are so many like uh, you know there's like the platinum members the diamond whatever whatever yes yeah and i bet if my hunch is that if there was some sort of a research that would look at what areas of life are less developed for what gender my bet is that especially for the successful men who've like achieved yeah right and in the 30s 40s whatever yeah. their relationships are going to be the, the the least um uh developed, you know developed yeah. where they feel like they you know have success there and i think that relates to the adolescent i'm I, I like that you bring up the hero archetype adolescence is like the milestone or the, or the developmental journey that happens after childhood and before adulthood and when i look at elon i don't look at him in a dismissive way like I understand why my husband and that guy look up to Elon because of the like this guy is unbelievable I mean he is a a lot of people say he's a genius in terms of look he's he's brilliant there's no doubt about it he's very intelligent no doubt yeah productivity efficiency holy shit he built the rocket for Inarguable. like Right. 10 million less sure. dollars than whatever. And the guys look at that like, whoa, yeah. he fired like half of the stuff at Twitter, whatever, right? Yeah. But it, so we just look at one aspect of it, mm -hmm. which is the adolescence, the hero, like it's the hero guy. Mm -hmm. However, to mature, mm -hmm. right? And to have a holistic life. And, you know, we can talk about the hero who sacrifices everything. Mm -hmm. um, and then there's a question like, well, do you need to sacrifice everything in order to save the planet? So I definitely see that there's this whole hero yeah. thing. But when we look at, I guess, the arch what's the next archetype of a mature man who would be like the king, I would assume, right? Who goes beyond the hero, whatever. It's the guy who still achieves, who still succeeds, who still has a kingdom, right? And the, 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 the lands and, uh, you know, he's the king, he's the leader. And the king is someone who possesses this kind of like, <laughs> I guess, 
majestic quality of more of like relational, I suppose, and bringing in more integrated feminine into his body where he's not just like feelings don't like, you know, I, well, I saw Arnold. Yeah. The, oh, the movie Arnold. The documentary. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I love the documentary, but he's like, fuck feelings, you know, like get up and fucking go. And all the men are like, yeah, Arnold, let's go. So the king is the one who's integrated, who's mature and whose relationship dynamics are because at the end of the day, all these guys who are successful and, and rich and whatever, not all of them. A lot of them are very unhappy. And Tony himself no says, doubt. you know, success without fulfillment yep. is failure. There. And he, here we are, yeah. right? But I want to acknowledge that part of yep. adolescence and the guys who, that's why I think one of the reasons is why it's late 30s that they come to this because in their whole 30 years of their life, they're, tr- they're trying to achieve, they're trying to build something of themselves. You know, it's the the cash, the properties, the real estate. They're in a heroic, they're in a heroic mode. Yeah. Maybe it's like, can you work on both at the same time? I definitely think so. And I definitely think you should be aware of that for sure. So, but I also understand why it's happening. There's nothing wrong with great achievement. Nothing at all wrong with any of this. There's, I, I, I agree. Elon's a, a brilliant man. Wisdom? I don't know. You know, I have my own opinions about him. relational. Not really. He's he's one of the biggest trolls on the fucking planet when it comes to social media. He's not a very, you know, he's not thoughtful about what he says out of his mouth. That is what adolescents do. Adolescents don't really think about the impact of their words on the world around them. They don't take responsibility. So Elon's brilliant, but I wisdom, that's arguable. That's a whole other conversation. Does the man have wisdom? And, and coming back to the archetypal language, so the the adult version, if you will, of, of the hero is the warrior. And, and the healthy warrior archetype doesn't just, you know, kill to save his own neck mm-hmm. or for his own, you know, pocketbook. Right. The healthy warrior serves the whole. The healthy warrior is, again, when I say relational, I I don't just mean a man is ready to be relational to a woman. I mean, a man is relational to the world around him. And this is why, like, Elon is not very relational. I mean, he just says shit without any concern for how it's going to impact the world around him. That's not relational. He also has Asperger's, which I think influences how he's not able to, but I don't know if that's related to his social media behavior. Look, but I know he's very bad at reading like social cues and shit because he's, you know, he has a condition. He clearly hasn't learned that his words have real impact and that that matters uh, regardless of the cause of it, whether it's Asperger's or just, you know, he's still pissed at his father. Who knows? But he hasn't learned that his words have impact and men who are not relational also don't want to take responsibility for their impact on the people around them. Come back to my friend who that date was canceled on the last minute. Again, I mean, you know, to your point, uh, you do have to be careful. You don't want to put too much into someone you've never even met. I mean, should you trust someone you've never even met with your vulnerability about how what just happened for you? Look, everyone's got to find their own way. I would never advise this way or that way. But if you want to find out if someone's really ready to be relational, be honest about what comes up for you. Right. When you canceled at the last minute, I just want to be honest. I was really disappointed. It kind of hurt. You know, it was, again, I don't know what you got going on. I so, how it. would a, sorry to interrupt. How, so this guy was like, ooh, feels like pressure. 
Uh-huh. So it's like, ooh, yellow flag. Is this guy uh-huh. even relational? And that's how you would know. And that's what I would, yes. you know, I always talk to women. Give men chances, set boundaries, and see how they react. Because yeah, that's going to exactly. tell you 100%. whether he listens, whether exactly. he respects your boundaries, or what's coming up for you, right? Exactly. So how would a relational man, right, a, a man who's ready and willing to be in a relationship mm-hmm. and can deal with a woman's emotions, what's how would he respond? Like, what, what would be a very green flag in this situation simple i know i'm sorry that, i'm sorry um I, that that sucked i didn't want to do that either and i apologize and and let me make it up to you period that's, that's that. it's that simple it's just a it's like a recognition that yeah you're right you're right i'm sorry that was kind of a dick move to do it at the last minute even if i had to even if like in my mind i had no choice i had a big deadline i had this i had that i knew i had to do it but you know what? I still get that that would have, if I was in your shoes, that would have sucked. I would I would have been disappointed too. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I think this is a great, oh my God. Well, I, I feel like we just started. <laughs> we like need half a day, Brian. Yeah. Like there's just so much to talk we like about. To, we like to take to... the long scenic route and that's fine. I love it. <laughs> I mean. Yeah. But unfortunately we have to finish. I think this is such a yeah. good note. And I think, you know, for women who are listening, this is going to be so helpful because- the bet the ma- I agree with you. The most important question is not where all the good men and yeah. get caught up in that whole I you know yeah. identity pol- like I don't know, but the actual question is coming back to what you said in the beginning, right? You need one man yep. out of many at the heart of. I believe that in most men, or we could even say in all men's hearts, deep down inside, they want to do good, whatever that good means for them, uh, you know whatever that story is and, and and granted we we men need to often learn a new definition of what that means for mm-hmm. for modern relationships yes. what good means we you know we have some yeah. old, we have some and, old notions that are outdated but keep it on yeah yeah for sure i mean you know i always tell women to look beyond what's what's on the surface mm-hmm. look beyond you know i do I, I talk to women about layers of limiting beliefs and generational trauma and what we carry as women from our mothers yes. and grandmothers right yeah, who told me do not depend on a man right because her husband was yeah. always drunk mm-hmm. beating her out of like whatever yeah. at war yeah. right so so on the men's side there's the, the same story all the traumas that have been passed on and stuff like that but then so coming back to the actual most important question which i think is so great that we've you know identified on the, on this um episode which is how do i discern when i'm with a man who's ready for a relationship mm-hmm. right because that's the most important thing mm-hmm. and if you discern it early on then that's going to save you a lot of years and a lot of stress and a lot of drama so how do you discern that is what you said, Brian, is communicate what's true for you. And I love that you said not with this man, because I think that a lot of women make this mistake of like, third date, where is this going? I want to get married and have children with you. But I think it's really important to like, you know, stay in your dating yeah. profile yeah. on Hinge or whatever, you know, looking for a long-term relationship. And most men know that women just want a relationship. You know what I mean? So a lot of the times, I mean, you, yes, you have to communicate, especially if you just want something casual or whatever. But anyways, it has to be there. And then the second thing is set, set boundaries and communicate based on your feelings and how you know he's relational or ready and willing is, I love that you said he's willing to actually listen and uh, be empathetic towards what you're feeling and not be super defensive like this guy which is like oh too much pressure oh my god what you can't 
like you can't deal with the fact that I'm disappointed that you canceled last minute. Like that's not a valid concern. Look, if if he's doing that on the first conversation, that's a that's a red flag because it doesn't get better from there. I mean, that's when we're at our mm. best right at the beginning. That's what I say. Again, I'm totally willing to be wrong about that. I have no idea how this is all going to play out. Well, you know, I'm I'm such a big proponent of giving men chances, you know, sure. because like who yeah. the hell knows? I mean, he may be in between me. I mean, yes, I totally agree with you. Like if that's drama or too much pressure right away, like that, okay. You know, I'm always like, I always say go to at least three dates with a guy. You will have enough data and information to make an informed decision and this pattern will continue and you and you'll know. Now every woman is different, and, you know. And I, you know, something that when when I would work with women in the past, um, I, I would often ask a, a woman, especially if she's going through a breakup, when did you know? When did you first have an indication this wasn't going to go well? This relationship maybe wasn't the one for you. Mm. Anna, every time a woman told me, first date. Oh wow! Okay. Something happened on that first date where I knew in my bones that this. I'm talking about relationships that would last two, three years, maybe not 30, 40 years, but, you know, relationships that, that women were in for years. They just, again, I, again, I, I, I'm not saying to your point, Edda, we can't make sweeping conclusions. One, my, again, my wife thought I was a flake for two months. Yeah. 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 Every <laughs> situation is different. You might know, or that might yeah. be just a kind of full sense. Just a moment. So, I, you don't know. Just a moment. Yeah. But how you know yeah. is how. It's in that dynamic that happens between you and him and how you feel about his behavior and about what's happening when you're interacting with him. And I want to just say one other thing, if I may. Yeah. I think a a lot of women, men think this too, but we think that, you know, we, we need... We need the partner who's reading all the books I'm reading, who's going to all the workshops I'm going to, who... Shield his childhood trauma. Has done all the ayahuasca that I want to do. <laughs> you know, um, and that's not that's not really true. We don't that's not what makes for good relationships. In fact, some of the worst relationships are people that are in that work together, but they still can't be relational with each other. They are making the relational breakthroughs. You know, you have someone that's just willing to lean in, even if it's a little, you know. I mean, I'm feisty. You know, my wife and I, we're, we're, we're feisty with each other and we, we, we tussle sometimes, but we're both in the relationship. We're relational with each other. We're, we're constantly leaning in and saying like, all right, let's, let's get through this. Let's figure it out. Like that's gold. That's what makes for a, a thriving relationship. Yeah. It's the willingness to step up and to compromise and to, to be in it, right? Instead of just checking out. Definitely. Totally agree with you. Yeah. I mean, that's definitely one of the pillars of success of my marriage because we don't check out. You know, I do my own work. He sits with his Very stuff. Nice. He might need an eye to kind of toss and turn yeah. and, uh, you know, yeah. 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 like marinade on it and in the yeah. morning. Yeah. You know what? I think you are right. Yeah. It's like rolling my eyes like, really? Like, so anyways, uh, Brian, thank you so much thank for- you, coming on the podcast i know we're gonna have a juicy conversation on your podcast right. i'm really looking forward to it yep. um and for all the women who are listening to your wisdom and want more of it because i know you know you have <laughs> such an awesome like instagram you also have a you podcast know, so uh where can they or you obviously they know men because sometimes i get questions like oh who are the guys for men and i'm always you know i always have a few you're, you're included who are doing great men's work mm-hmm. so um where can they find you 
Uh, my, well, I also, I wrote a book called Choose Her Every Day or Leave Her, which is, it's also for women. I didn't just write that for men. And that's all, I, that's a really great place to, to dive into my work. And, and uh, it's called Choose Her Every Day or Leave Her. Uh, you can find links to that on my website, brianreeves.com. It's Brian with a Y, Reeves, R-E-E-V-E-S.com. I mean, you can pretty much find everything on through my website. I'm on Instagram. I'm on TikTok. Never thought I'd be there, but I'm there. Wow. Yeah. <laughs> That's a big uh, move for a 50-year-old man. Yeah. Or well, you're not 50 yet. Are you 50 I'm yet? I'm 49. Nope, not quite. Okay. Knocking on the door. Yeah. Um, for a 49-year-old man being on TikTok. It feels Amazing. like I'm hanging out on the on the playground without my kids around. <laughs> I will admit. It's a yeah. little strange at times. Um, but yeah. uh, Facebook. You know, YouTube, all of that. But again, you can find all those links on my website as well as links to to my book, including the audio book. And that's, you know, if you're with a partner who's interested and open, you know, get the book not for him, get it for yourself and leave it around the house. That's the, I can't tell you, Anna, so many men have come into my work because their wives bought the book and were reading it. And then the guy just picked it up. He was curious, what is this? Um, you know, buying a just book and then the handing table. it to him, that often doesn't really go well. Yeah. That tends to not go very well. Um, but yeah. anyway, yeah. Cool. I, always a pleasure, Anna. All right. Thank you so much, Brian. Uh, we'll keep in touch. Thank you. Thank you. Take care. All right, beautiful woman. Thanks for joining us today. If you enjoyed what you heard, be sure to subscribe to the podcast so you don't miss an episode. And please, please leave a review. This is super helpful for me, for the podcast. And this is a time to give back, to leave a review, share this episode with your girlfriend who really wants to hear it. You can also find me on Medium and YouTube at Anna Rova, where I share pretty much very similar content and where we change the world one embodied woman at a time. All right, I'll see you in the next episode. Thank you for being here with me today.